0: Sin. Nothing but the blood of Jesus And what can make me whole again Nothing but the blood of Jesus And oh, 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 oh. Precious is the
1: Thank you. Well, you got your Bibles this morning? <laughs> or your iPhone, whichever it is. <laughs> Lift it up for me. Repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. Every word in it is true. It is true. I, am it I, am. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can do, I can do. Today, Today, I'll be taught God's Word. Taught God's word. It's His truth, His truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You guys sound great this morning. Thank you, Chris. We appreciate you guys very much. Let's give After Grace another hand for coming in today. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Well, it's an exciting time. Eight years. Eight years, some of you many, many more years than that that we've been waiting to to go into this new time. And as I've thought through and prayed through and prepared, today I'm kind of going to give a summarization of the last four weeks of the Divine Direction series and then share some new thoughts with you. But we're going to start with Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Many of you are very familiar with it. And it says this, Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant. And he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. It says, every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. And the story there for us is is very Very familiar and also very clear. You remember the children of Israel that had left? They'd been in uh, slaves, had grown up for generations as slaves. God brings them out of captivity, and then he's taking them to the promised land, which is a journey that should have taken no more than seven to ten days, a couple weeks at the most. And because of the grumbling and complaining and the challenges they had in themselves, they were not able to cross into the promised land. And for the next 40 years, They went around in circles out in the desert until an entire generation of people died off. That's an amazing thought to me. It's also not only amazing that they could walk around 40 years and go through all the things that they did, but the reasons that they went there were really amazing to me. It wasn't that they committed murder. It wasn't that they did all these other things, sins that we would look at as being just terrible, horrible things. It was because they grumbled and complained, and they really just didn't trust God. At the end of the day, that's what it was for them. And I believe that part of the reason it was so difficult for them is they had grown up in slavery and they had this mindset of being a slave and they never could shake that mindset, they never could get used to being free. And I think there's such a danger there for us, that that for us as we move into a different phase of life, whether it's personally for you that God's leading you into a new place or maybe you're having to leave some friends that you've been friends with for years but they're keeping you back, they're holding you down, or maybe it's you want to lose weight or you want to whatever the challenge is, whatever this new promised land looks like for you, the old way of thinking doesn't just have to go away, the old way of thinking actually has to die. It has to die. And I thought about that. Man, that's such a powerful statement. I mentioned Wednesday night to the uh, group that was here for class. I, I talked to a district superintendent a couple of years ago, and he was talking about some of the churches in his state and the challenges that they were facing, that there were churches in these communities that he literally, they weren't willing to change. And because they weren't willing to change, he was literally having to let the people physically die off Physically die so that they could come in with new people to reinvigorate and relaunch the church. And I want you to know something that gentleman said it with tears. Literally, he was crying. Because sometimes in our life, it's so hard for us to change. But until the old way of thinking for us dies, it's hard for us to go where God wants us to go. Why? Because we're chained to our past. We're chained to our past. And we keep trying to drive like we're looking in the rearview mirror. Can you look into a rearview mirror and drive forward very well? Let me ask you this question. Ladies, can you put your makeup on and drive forward very well? Come on, help me out. Absolutely. No. No. Let me put it in a vernacular that maybe is more current for all of us today. Should you text and drive? Why? Because your focus is on other than where you're going right and that's what happens with us in life so many times is that we're we're so focused on these distractions around us or looking in the rearview mirror and what's happened in the past that we don't see this amazing future that God has for us and in Jeremiah 29 11 God is telling us I know the plans that I have for you for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope and you know I've been thinking about this our church has a rich history An absolutely rich history. I love the fact that we have an incredible legacy. Those that have gone before us, and there's only one or two people still in our church that were here when this building was built. Just a handful of people. But we get the benefit of all the sacrifice that they made. I mean, we've got 14 or 15 acres here. We have a building that's debt free. I mean, we're in an incredible position and they set us up for the future. And as I've been thinking about that, now it's our turn. To set up the next generation and even the, two, the generation after that, it's time to walk into the promised land for us, for our day, just like they walked here when it was their day. But I want you to know something, folks. God does not promise us easy God does not promise us easy. God only promises us possible. And so he's promising us that he will be with us and he will give us victory. But there are going to be water lines that get cut. Amen? There are going to be challenges that happen. There are going to be things that go on, and that's just the way it is. But let me tell you how you start a journey. Let me tell you how you start. And I don't want you just to think necessarily about the building. Really, my heart today is I love the fact that we're going to do a building, assuming you guys voted in. But what I'm more interested in is one person at a time. That's what I care about. It's about the one person. It's about the one heart. It's about the one person that needs to be free. It's that one more, that one more, that other person down the road, your neighbor, maybe it's your classmate. It's that one more person. But the question that we all have to face whenever we begin to new, go into a new phase of life is how do we begin to get there? How do we make these changes? And here's what I want you to see. And I'm going to jump around on your notes for the sake of time today. We're going to start with number three. You need to start small. Start small. I guess it's on page two, isn't it? <laughs> We're going to start small. Zechariah 4 verse 10 says this, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to what? To see the work begin. God rejoices to see the work begin. For too many people, it's the start that stops them, and you will never finish something that you don't start. You'll never finish if you don't get going. And every journey begins with a first step. But for some of us, we don't like starting small We don't want to start small, but listen, starting small does not mean thinking small. Starting small does not mean thinking small. Crystal, can I pick on you for a minute? Crystal doesn't know this, but Crystal is a a huge inspiration to me. And I've watched her over the years and watched her get in shape and I've watched all the things that she's done and she's done an incredible job. Now she's one of those people that gets up at like two in the morning and runs marathons. All right, five in the morning, which basically to me is two in the morning. But you know what? When she was thinking about starting that journey, it took one step. It was that first time. And then it was getting up and doing it the next day, and getting up and doing it the next day. And now her dreams are coming true, because she started with one small step. She had a vision of where she wanted to be, but it began when she took the first step. And it's the same for you and me. For some of you, maybe it's a smoking addiction that you have, and you don't know how to get past it, and you know that God will help you, but it's taking the first step. For some of you, it's going back to school, and you go, it seems overwhelming to me, God, How am I going to do it? I'm a single mom. I've got a child. How am I going to go back to school? You do it one class at a time, one step at a time. And I think about the children of Israel that are standing. They've got this history of slavery, but now it's a new generation. And and Joshua says to the people, I get chill bumps. I literally have chill bumps. He goes to the people and says, get ready. It's time. In three days, we're going to cross the Jordan River. But you know what's interesting about the crossing of the Jordan River as opposed to when they crossed the Dead Sea? At the Dead Sea, you know, excuse me, the Red Sea. The Red Sea, the, the, the Egyptian army was chasing all the Hebrew children, and they got up to the edge, and now they've got the sea in front of them and the army behind them. And Moses said, watch what God's going to do. And he held up his arms, and the rod and the sea parted, and they crossed on dry land. This one's a little bit different. This is a little different when they cross the Jordan. And I, I looked at a video this week that showed the Jordan during the flood stage. It's moving pretty quick. And Joshua was told by God, he said, when the priests step into the water, then it'll stop. Well, wait a minute, where's Moses at? I'd rather have it parted, I'd rather have it dry ground, and then we'll go. <laughs> But no, no, God says, we're going to do it a little bit different this time. And it wasn't Joshua or any of those other folks that were doing it. He said, hey, you guys step into the water, and when you step into the flooded river, then it'll stop. How'd you like to be guy number one? Right? I bet they looked at each other and said, y'all watch this. Come on. But it was a different day for them. And the Bible says, as soon as the priest's foot, Step down in the water, it stopped. You start small with one step, one step at a time. But here's something that always happens. I was laughing when Danny walked in a few minutes ago. Whenever you begin to step out and do anything for God, anything, Barbie, for God, that you begin to do, here's what happens predictable resistance. Some of you, Finally said, you know what? We're going to go back to church. We haven't been to church maybe forever. Some of you said, we're gonna, and as soon as you made a decision to begin to live for God, what happened? Have you ever heard the term, all hell broke loose? That's what happens a lot of times. And here's why. The devil doesn't care if you go to, don't go to church. But as soon as you begin to take the steps and get more involved and begin to become the person that God wants you to be, what happens? Predictable resistance predictable resistance happens (laughs) here's what the scripture says this is acts chapter 20 verse 23 this is the apostle paul talking and listen to what he says here i don't know excuse me i only know that in every city that i'm going to the holy spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me paul said look all I know is the Holy Spirit's told me that as I go into these different communities and I begin to share the gospel, that hardships and prison are going to face me. And there's this thing that we have in our Christian walk that everybody's told us, and y'all have heard me say this a hundred times, that somehow we feel like that once we begin serving God, that everything's going to be sunshine and rainbows. And the truth is, over time, it gets way better, because I can promise you where I used to be and where I am now are two different places. But there were a lot of seasons in my life that were harder when I was a Christian than before I was a Christian. And Paul says, listen, sometimes it's going to be hard. And just because it's hard doesn't mean that God's not with you. As a matter of fact, for some reason, when things get difficult in our life a lot of times and we're serving God, sometimes we say, God must not be in this. I mean, can you imagine when the children of Israel cross the the Jordan, the water stops, and woohoo, here we go, we're going into a new land, and the first thing they run into is Jericho. Huge walls, completely walled city. It's the first thing that happens. It's like, hey, we're in the promised land. Oh, there's Jericho. And don't you know, Don't you know that there was somebody that said, must not be God. As a matter of fact, the way the Lord led this, and I think it's genius, when the Lord told them to walk around the city, what was one of the things he told them not to do? Talk. Isn't that interesting? Do you think that was on accident? Do you think it was on accident? Hey, we're going to walk around the wall for the next, we're going to walk around the wall all these times over these next few days, and listen, we don't want anybody to say anything. And here's why, because he knew as soon as everybody started walking, y'all know how y'all are, (laughs) right? This is the dumbest thing we've ever done. Josh was so dumb. Look at what she's wearing. You You know what I'm saying? They would have started grumbling and complaining of what would have happened. What happened to the generation before? This isn't in your notes. Probably the best thing I'll say today. Sometimes the best thing to do is not say anything. (laughs) Turn to your neighbor and say, he could be talking to you right now. Go ahead. That's all right. (laughs) Listen, I want to read a couple of quotes to you. Resistance isn't a sign that you're out of God's will. Resistance might be an indication that you're doing exactly what God wants you to do. Pastor Craig Rochelle says this, the struggle that you're in today is developing the strength that you need tomorrow. And those of you that have been Christians for a long time understand that, that some of the battles that you have fought is training for what God has called you ultimately to do. And you would never have gotten there, Meshea. you would have never have gotten there unless you had gone through some challenges. Wardell, the survivorship of what you've dealt with has prepared you for what God has for you. That's how it works. Galatians 6 verse 9 says this to us. You guys need to circle this in your notes. This is big. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the when? Proper time we will reap a harvest if what? We don't give up. You know, the scripture tells us that there's people that quit sometimes right before the finish line. Right before the finish line, they gave up. That is horrible. I hate to hear about people being in school, regardless of what level they're at, that gave up before they finished. It breaks my heart. We ring out. You know, I can tell you in my own life that has been such an important thing for me is that you don't give up. You don't quit. You always stick it out. God's grace is greater than the challenges that you're facing. You never, ever, ever quit when you know you're doing what God calls you to do. And it may the answer, Michelle, may not come right now. It may come tomorrow or it may come the day. But God is faithful. And if you trust him, he will bring you the answer at the right time but we can't do become weary for at the proper time so here's the deal it's at the proper time God brings us what we need at the proper time and I can just tell you for being a Christian now for a long time that it's never on my timetable have you noticed that it's never when you think very rarely does God ever show up when I think he should Come on, Josh, let's be honest. Does God ever show up? God, here's, you know, you give him your list and say, God, this is what I would like to see. This is what I'd like you to do. And if you could do it tomorrow, that would be fantastic. And I'm gonna sit here and wait. And what happens when it's the proper time God brings the harvest? I love this quote. The smallest step in the right direction might be the biggest step in your whole life. The smallest step in the right direction might be the biggest step of your whole life. You know, there's some people here today that I don't recognize, and maybe today you just said, you know what, I'm going to go to church today. I'm going to try this out. Or maybe you just got out of bed and rolled out and thought, you know what, God, I'm going to try it again. I'm this time, God, this time. And you took that small step in the right direction, but as you did that, it could have be the biggest step in the rest of your life. For some of you, it may not be just a step in the right direction. It may be a relationship. For some of you, you're, you may be one relationship away, one meeting away, one appointment away from the destiny that God has for you for the rest of your life. You just don't know. So why, why do you have to keep going? Because you don't realize that God's got this right around the corner for you, and you just have to take the steps to get there. But if you quit, you'll never see the end result. You'll never see what God had for you to do. Never give up. Winston Churchill, the famous leader in World War II, the British prime minister that led Britain through the darkest days of World War II, said this, never, 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 never give up. And that's how it is in the kingdom of God. You trust him, not when you understand. You trust God especially when you don't understand. Here's the number five on your notes. For those of you that have to know the rest of them, I'll stay around for a few minutes and give you the other two so you don't freak out. You know who you are. I'm not going to say any names, but you know who you are. <laughs> number five is this. And this is where I'm going to end today. Is that we have an uncommon confidence. An uncommon confidence. Confidence. That word uncommon could be also be termed a supernatural confidence. That we believe God is going to help us even when we don't understand. Even when the odds are stacked against us. Even when the doctor's report is not what you expected. Even when, and you can fill in the blanks, you're going to trust God no matter what. Why? Because he's God. And he loves you. And he has a plan for you. And that will give you an uncommon Confidence. Acts chapter 20, verse 24 says this, this is the Apostle Paul. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. And I want you to know this, Paul did not have this plan to succeed in life. Paul had a simple plan just to obey God. Paul didn't lay out this 20-year strategy for his life. What Paul did is he said, you know what, I'm just going to be obedient to what God has called me to do. And, And can I just say from practical experience in my own life, that's how it's been. You just choose to obey God. Well, Pastor, where's he going to take you? What's going to happen? What's around the corner? I don't know. But what I do know is that God is good, that he has a plan, and he wants me to cooperate with him. And if I'll do that, he'll make the broken places fixed. He'll make the crooked places straight. And he'll take me exactly where he wants me to be. And he'll take you exactly where he wants to take you. So you don't have to have it all figured out, Austin. Austin. Preston, you don't have to know. But what you have to decide, folks, is that you're going to trust God in your life no matter when or what happens. We choose. What about this or what about that or what about, what about five years from now? What about the next president? We don't need to worry about those things. What ne- we need to worry about, Jesus said it this way, why are you so worried about tomorrow? Today has enough going on. So let's trust God right now. Let's trust God, Steve, today. And then let's trust him again tomorrow. And then let's trust him again the day after that, and the next month, and the next year, and five years from now. You say, Pastor, that's so simple. That's the scripture, guys. Choose to obey God today. So here we are. Here we are. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22, in the Message Bible says this. That's plain enough, isn't it? I love the Message Bible sometimes, just breaks it down. You are no longer wandering exiles. Who's he talking about? You're no longer those people that were in slavery that wandered around in the desert. You're not them anymore. That's not who you are. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. And I love this sentence. You belong here with as much right to the name as Christian as anyone. And then notice what he says next God is building a home. He's using all of us, irrespective of how we got here, regardless of your past, regardless of where you come from, regardless if you're from South Texas, North Alabama. Even if you're from up north <laughs> or California or the East Coast, isn't that awesome? It doesn't matter how you got here, you're here. He's using all of us, irrespective of how we got here and what he is building he used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick and stone by stone. With Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all of the parts together, we see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God, all of us built into it. A temple In which God is quiet at home. You know, Tricia found that scripture when we were thinking about scriptures for the new building campaign. And this was the one that we chose. And I love it. Because it talks about how each one of us is a part. Each one of us is a brick. Each one of us is a piece of stone. Each one of us matters because God has called all of us here together. And this time, irrespective of how we got here, that doesn't matter. What matters is here we are, and God has a place for you, and He places you in a unique spot. And I want to say this to you, and then I'm going to close. There is a place in God's kingdom for every person, and in my opinion, that place has your name on it. Just like a puzzle piece, you fit. And how about you, have you ever seen one of those little kid toys that's got all the different shapes and they're trying to learn how to put the shapes in the holes? And, and it doesn't matter, if the right shape doesn't go in the right hole, it's not going to go in, is it? But in God's kingdom, there's a place for each one of us. And I can imagine, I don't think, I don't think it was an accident that Jesus was a carpenter. He built stuff or rebuilt stuff. And I think in God's kingdom, which what he's, the scripture is saying here, is that there's a place in the building for God to pick you up and put you there and say, this is just the piece I need right here. Isn't that awesome? The Bible also tells us that we're the body of Christ. And every part of the body is important. doesn't matter if you're a finger, an earlobe, or a belly button. Because I like to say the belly button's important because there's got to be a place to collect the lint. But the Bible tells us that every part of our body is important. And he, and he actually says in the scripture there that the parts that are unseen are sometimes more important than the parts that are seen. I mean, let's be honest. My face is beautiful. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Aaron. What are you looking at? But you can't see my heart. But if it stops, everything quits. And some of us that are out front like me, maybe I'm the face But some of you are the heart. And if you stop, we stop. Remember that. You're the heartbeat of this place. And as we get ready in a few moments to take the next steps into what God has called us to do, we all have a heart. We all have a part. We all have a place that God has for us. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that we can come together. Lord, I thank you that you've called us in this time and this place. Lord, I thank you for stopping the rain for a little while. But we could use some more later, and if you want to bring some back, that'd be awesome. Lord, I pray today that as we're here, the most important thing that we do is we give people an opportunity. That's why we exist, to give people an opportunity to know you. To grow closer to you. And so, Father, I just pray today that if there's somebody here in this place that maybe they're struggling and they need your hand, they need a touch from you, Father, I just pray that you would speak to them. That, Father, right now, that you would touch their heart, that Holy Spirit, you would begin to draw them to you. If you're here today and maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but You know now that maybe the small step you took to walk out of the house this morning had greater importance than you ever could have imagined. And the Holy Spirit is speaking you, and he's drawing you to him. And maybe today you want to make that commitment to God. Well, this is your day. Or maybe you're a Christian, but you've walked away from God, and you've been doing your own thing, and Now you realize that this is an opportunity for you to come back to him. And I want you to know something. There is no condemnation here. We're all broken people on the path that God's called us to, to restoration and redemption. And we want you to just come along with us. So if you're here today and you're a Christian, but you've walked away and you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, then today is your day. So I just want to ask, nobody's looking around, I want everybody to stay in an attitude of prayer, but if you're here and that's you. Maybe you're, you're not a follower of Christ, but today you want to receive him as your Lord and Savior. Just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. I want to do that today. I see your hand. I see your hand. Or maybe you're here today and you're a Christian, but you've walked away. You've been doing your own thing and you realize that God's calling you back to himself. Well, I want you to know today is your day also. And just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. I want to come back home. I want to rededicate my life to the Lord today. Okay. Amen. I see your hand. That's awesome. Well, for those of you that slipped up your hand, I just want you to come down to the front real quick, and I want to pray over you. I want to pray over you. Feel free to do that. I'm just going to stay here for a minute. Amen. Anybody else? Maybe you didn't raise your hand today, but you wanted to or you knew that you should. And then just come on up front, and I'm going to pray with you. Amen.
0: your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves. When my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. presence
1: I'll stand this morning I want you to do me a favor take your neighbor's hand I want you right now to pray for the person on your right just pray for them just pray for the Lord's blessing on them just do that take a second just pray for the person on your left take your hand put it on your heart there's nothing magical about this this is just I want you to focus on yourself Lord I just pray that you touch our hearts this morning that you'd speak to us that Father we would be your hands and feet in our community in our families Lord where we work at school at home Lord most of all at home Lord we would be your people. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want you to know the Bible says that the angels in heaven rejoice over one person coming back home. And I want you to know something today, folks. That's what it's all about. Amen. Well, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you guys about five minutes. Now remember, the restrooms still aren't working. <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, there's a shed out back. But I just <laughs> but here's what I want you to do. Uh, those of you who need to leave, I completely understand that. Um, but we're going to give you guys about five, ten minutes. And I want you, those that want to stay, I want you to come back in. Like all the members, to sit in the center section, it's just easier for us to hand out ballots and keep up with everybody. Those of you that are not members that want to stay, please do so. I'm going to be talking about membership in a few minutes. We're also going to.